1: Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite, i.e. Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots and the Unite, i.e. Coalition of Conservative Groups in the Inland Empire area of Southern California. Our aim is to unify our isolated pockets of resistance into a united front for freedom, prosperity and opportunity. My co-host this week is, is Dr. Laura Norton, and also my toughest humor critic. And off the air, she's already had her one uh, her quota of agreeing with one time, so we're done with that for the day. Uh, she's the founder of one of our great Unite IE groups, the San Bernardino County Patriots, who is trying to organize a precinct operation throughout San Bernardino County. We're also pleased to have back to the show one of our favorite guests, and we say that every week, of course, uh, Tom Del Beccaro. He's the former chair of the uh, California Republican Party, a former candidate for Senate. He is an attorney. He has a, he's a commentator all over the place. Uh, his website, politicalvanguard.com, says he makes 350 appearances on radio and TV around the country every year, and I'm sure he values none of them anymore. In his appearances on Unite IE Radio, just for the scintillating level of conversation that we have here. He's the author of the book, The Divided Era and How America Can Reconcile. We'll we'll, we'll get into that and whether that is even going to be possible. Um, There's always more news in the week than we can always get to. But I thought probably maybe one of the in terms of underreported but more momentous stories was there was an engineer at Google. He was he was laid off or put on suspension, but he had an, announced that Google's AI robot had achieved sentience. And that's a potentially ominous development. We've seen the movies, the Terminator movies, uh, going back earlier, the classes, the Foreman project, when the computers uh, uh, start thinking for themselves and uh, take over and try to and try to wipe out humanity. The Matrix was it was, wasn't wasn't was another example. Um, Google headquarters, however, was thrown into absolute panic when not only that happened, but their AI robot came out as a supporter of Donald Trump. They just, you know, they just they they did not know what to do with with, with that. Um, I'm sure there's lots of other uh, other other news that in the week we had an election. Uh, for people that may not have noticed or were, or even that as it ca- as it came and went uh, last week when we talked about it, only 16 percent of the voters had turned out to, to, as of today. Uh, it's a little bit better. Twenty eight percent, a little more, a little more respectable historically in gubernatorial year primaries. But that's still the vast majority of California registered voters couldn't be bothered to vote. So let's pick it up there. Does that indicate that? Uh, California voters are satisfied with the status quo.
2: No, um, I just think they've given up on the, the voting uh, system because we push so hard about election fraud, which we we do know there is fraud and irregularities. But it's to the point that people think to themselves, why bother? It doesn't make a difference. And that couldn't be farther from the truth, because, first of all, we don't know to what extent things are fraudulent and especially not on the local level where we could make a huge impact. And then thirdly, if, if we don't vote, how are we going to catch them if there are irregularities? So it's very frustrating to me because the, the turnout was very low and people are pretty apathetic and just don't want to be involved because they think they don't have a say. So they give up.
1: Yeah. I don't care about apathy. How about you, Tom?
3: (laughs) Well, first of all, I want to express my age today. I went to the, when it actually was in the theaters, 2001 and Space Odyssey, and how the computer was, of course, the first to have this ability to think for himself. So I just want to put that on the record. Those modern movies you're talking about never affected me.
1: I can't do that,
2: Tom. <laughs> oh gosh. <Exactly. laughs> that was actually funny, Greg.
3: <laughs> wow, two in one day.
2: So, wow. Listen, vo-
3: voting patterns, participation do reflect people's view of whether their vote counts. And I would say for many Democrats in this state, they see this as a one party state. And so their participation in a primary like this is, by definition, Discouraged. I agree that Republicans in this state are discouraged for the one-party issue as well. They're also, I can tell you, as someone who, uh, group raised the money to put the recall on the ballot, the a, a huge portion of the money. Uh, I can tell you that Republicans, we did confront the Republican voter fraud apathy, and what I mean by that is they did not believe voting was worth it because of the fraud. Well, that, of course, is victory without even trying for the left. Mm-hmm. They want us to believe on the right that there's no point to voting, and to the extent you play into that, uh, is incredibly destructive. We also need to understand that whatever voting fraud is going on today, it will the how it's technically done or not, meaning literally the technique, holds nothing for what potentially could be 25 years from now when computers and everything else have advanced, once again, a staggering degree. So we have to ask ourselves on the right, are we therefore giving up the republic because voter fraud exists? Well, look, voter fraud is as old as voting. To be sure, In in my book, The Divided Era, I discuss at length how voter fraud uh, affected elections in the past, they will affect. They affected them in the past. They affected them now. And they will affect them in the future. But you cannot withdraw and give up the republic. And so it, it, it's a dangerous problem in California. On the other hand, I think voters have bottomed out on homelessness and crime in this state. They will start to bottom out this fall uh, on the water issue. And what I mean by that, they've reached the end of their rope with regard to these issues. That's why Chase the Boudin was recalled. It will be why Gascon gets recalled. And things are changing at some level, but not quite enough to create a red state for sure.
2: Well, if people give up, I mean, we definitely won't get a red state. Uh, I don't know how people think the solution is to withdraw and to do nothing. I mean, then you're basically just handing the victory to the enemy on a silver platter. It makes zero sense to me. So Somehow we have to get people engaged and get them to believe that they can make a difference. And yeah, what a wonderful psyop it is to just tell people that their vote doesn't count to keep them home. I think it's
1: broader than just people that think that 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 the the voting system is fraudulent and corrupt and rigged, and therefore doesn't matter. I think it's broader that even if that whoever I get elected they're not going to address these problems. The crime is still going to be like it is. There's still going to be the homeless encampment down the street. The roads are still going to suck. The government-run schools are still going to be terrible. And the the politicians are just going to look out for themselves and the cronies. And so it's just not going to make a difference, even if the actual election itself was completely honest.
2: Well, that's why we need regular people, regular patriot citizens stepping up and running and not these career politicians. But you can't do that unless you band together and and get out and vote. Then you're going to just get the same old people in. And the system is pretty much rigged. So the establishment gets their people in every time because uh, the regular ordinary people don't have the money to run. And that's why I started San Bernardino County Patriots, because that puts an army of volunteers behind a candidate so that they don't need lots of money.
3: Yeah, Greg, I agree with you. A step beyond what we've been talking about is what you mentioned. You know, in the late 1800s, we had huge turnouts because huge issues were being decided and big change occurred with that, right? So go from 1860 all the way to 1900. If, some, if a, a Democrat got in, you know, uh, what money would be like or uh, uh, the Civil War, of course, Lincoln um, and, and beyond, things happened when you voted. There is a belief today in California that the Democrats are going to do the same old thing no matter what. And they don't really care about these uh, changing these issues. And nationally, some people see it that way as well.
1: Well, we just saw this past week that a um, Latina Republican won a special House election in South Texas, and I think I read that that this that seat had been a Democrat for a Democrat seat for 150 years, and she turned it around. So I mean, there are limits. We just we haven't seen the voters of California see to reach those limits, and maybe we will. Maybe at some point when you're when you can't take a shower every day and gas is 8 dollars a gallon or 10 dollars a gallon is there some point where you're going to see a similar reaction in California
2: yeah it might take some really bad stuff happening to get people off the couch and to slap the apathy out of them because you know i i saw that people were getting more involved when we had the mandates and the masks and the, the forced vax And then as soon as that got lifted, people were like, oh, everything's back to normal. So they stopped participating. And that's the problem is they don't realize we're in the eye of the storm and they just go back to normal living. And we need to all be vigilant every day for the rest of our lives, because that's why we got into this position is because we let the career politicians just go unchecked. Okay, but there's Um, also an
3: uh, important issue to be said right now as well, which is this. The recalls are successful because they're very pointed, like initiatives. There is a – it's a single-issue vote. You're not voting for a politician to do on a platform. You're going to recall Chase Boudin because he's done a bad job. Very specific. You're going to vote for initiative three strikes or whatever it is because it's going to – be a very pointed change in the law. Uh, the problem for Republicans in this state is they don't present, in, in contrast to the Democrats. they don't present a pointed uh, alternative to what the Democrats are doing in this state. And if they want to recover, meaning the Republican Party wants to start electing people seriously. They need to narrow their focus, stop trying to be all things to all people, stop running on a huge platform. In this fall's election, if the Republicans were smart, they would pick two issues, crime and water. And every assembly candidate, every Senate candidate, every supervisor, every candidate would support a single solution. Just like uh, 433 Republicans supported in the contract with America back in 94, every single person would speak with a single voice. You know, the Democrats want 50 gallons of water. Here's our alternative. The Democrats want to keep Prop 47. We want to repeal it. And they should run on that year after year after year until they create that, that brand. This idea that they can run different candidates who, are, who, who don't share a similar agenda will never succeed in a state like this. It just won't happen.
1: Let's take a pause here and hear from our sponsor, Ed Hoffman of Planet Home Lending, the place to go for your real estate lending needs. Back after this.
4: Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, branch manager of Planet Home Lending LLC and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM 590 The Answer. I'm sure by now you've heard interest rates have jumped up over the last few months, but so have home values. So what does that mean to you? If you're carrying a bunch of credit card debt, or you don't have money to pay your tax bill, or just needed extra money to fill up your gas tank, now may be the perfect time to do a cash-out refinance to consolidate those bills or get some extra funds in your bank account while your equity is so high before rates get any worse. If you or your spouse are 62 years or older, higher values make reverse mortgages that didn't work before work now.
1: Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen, followed closely by your friendly neighborhood radio talk show host. My name is Greg Britton, and I'm pleased to be joined by my co-host, Dr. Laura Norton, founder of the San Bernardino County Patriots and political commentator, attorney, former candidate, actor, author, uh, Tom Del Bacaro. And we were kind of digesting the... Uh, the uh, results of the election and why so many people aren't voting and, and vote fraud and other issues. So before we leave vote fraud, Tom, did, did you see the movie 2000 mules? Uh, I, well, I just
3: want to point out that long before that was ever on air, 36 hours after the uh, presidential election, I wrote a piece in the epic time discussing how the loopholes in Wisconsin allowed for uh, voter fraud. And the loophole is, of course, what the Mules movie that came out a couple of months ago is all about, which is that in Wisconsin and many other states, there is no requirement that the person turning in the ballot be restricted to the person who voted or a family member. That loophole makes it very possible for people to harvest, go to a nursing home where in Wisconsin they had out stunning uh, turnout rates, makes it possible for a person to go there, have them fill it out, help them fill it out, or fill it out for them, pick it up, and literally stuff about. And so long before 2,000 Meals came came around, I think I was the first in the country to write a national op-ed on this issue.
1: Well, um, I have long believed that the 2020 election, the 2020 election was uh, was was stolen. And the 2000 mule shows it. you you see they've, they've tracked the mules going to and they only looked at people that went to 10 or more drop boxes and went to five or more. Democrat-aligned nonprofit agencies, presumably, to get their ballots. So within that very narrow and very restrictive definition, they found their 2,000 mules, and that was enough to flip just those 10,000, Pennsylvania, Georgia, and Arizona, and just with that very little, those 2,000 people, not considering the machines or anything else, or the people that went to seven drop boxes or five drop boxes, Or the uh, harvesting the nursing homes, as you mentioned, that was enough to flip the election uh, back to Donald Trump.
2: We have so many things. I mean, you have the laws being changed. You've got the drop boxes. You have the ballot stuffing. I mean, it's enough to warrant um, not an autopsy. Oh, gosh, I'm getting on uh, medical stuff. It's enough to mandate an audit. I mean, why is it that India, which is a third world country, has more secure voting than we do? You know what they do? They have to show up. And when they vote, they put a a little ink or a dye on their nail so that that person can't come back and vote again that day.
3: Yeah, look, um, (laughs) why go that far away? Most of Europe does not allow mail-in voting because of voter fraud. There you go.
1: Friends France just had a, had a presidential election, they everybody shows up with they're very restrictive on any 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 absentee ballots. You show up in person on Election Day, vote on paper ballots, show a voter ID, and they have the ballots all counted by the end of the day. How it used to be. Yeah. So, I mean, we could, and, and this is kind of a, maybe a good segue to, you know, to your book about the divided era, because the country is very divided on all sorts of things. And the only chance of that staying together is if we believe there are honest elections. That if maybe I didn't, maybe my side didn't win this time, but I know two years hence, two years hence, and two years hence, there are going to be more honest elections and I can change strategy, I can get a better candidate, I can alter my platform, as you said before, what the California Republicans should do um, and have a chance of winning next time. But without that, I think it falls apart.
3: Well, for the reasons that we've discussed here, it it results in lower voter participation. And that's that's a terrible thing. And look, again, voter form is as old as time. And and it's going to happen. You know, I I must say when I when I do some of these other appearances you alluded to and people say, oh, there's no such thing as blah, blah, blah. I said, "Okay, Chicago, you're telling me those elections haven't been rigged for generations, literally generations, and that it couldn't have migrated to Wisconsin (laughs) or Detroit in 100 years Uh, But look, and also you recently heard Bill Barr talk about widespread voter fraud. Okay, I'm going to say to your audience, there is not coordinated, widespread voter fraud. They pick very specific areas that matter. There's no Mm -hmm. need for voter fraud in California. They're going to get those things. But Detroit, Philadelphia, Fulton County and Milwaukee. Uh you you're not gonna tell me there wasn't voter fraud there. You're not gonna tell me there isn't voter fraud every year in uh Chicago. And has been. My daughter my mom, when she when she was young, would tell me how the, the union guys had come to the door, knock on the door, and her mother would answer it, and they said, We realize you're very busy, we've taken care of your vote. That was my that was in the 40s. Okay. Voter fraud is real. It's not a reason to give up. It's a reason you have to be more vigilant, though. Exactly.
2: And then they can't, like you said, that's true. They can't cover every election everywhere. So to not vote because you assume there's fraud is just giving up and giving the victory to somebody without even trying. They can't, you know, rig every single election in every single community in the United States. That would be impossible.
3: But they, but they can dream, and they don't need to though. They don't need to do that. That's that. That's what's clear. It's it's got it. They do it for a reason. Certain things. They switched the Senate, and you got Obamacare because of uh, what was it? A thousand felons voting in Minnesota. So it does. So when they go on TV and said there's not systematic, widespread voter fraud, they are correct. You don't have to. The mafia had a. A, a criminal enterprise, but not in everything. They just did it where they, they could take advantage of where they thought it was necessary.
2: Well, yeah, targeted treat, cheating. I mean, why do you think they started with California? You got 55 electoral votes. They're not stupid. They know where to target and, and where to go.
1: I just don't. Th- I, there is the polls show there's a widespread support for measures such as voter ID and, and more broadly to have honest elections. And uh, we only got a minute and 40 left in in this segment before the the, the break. Um, In California, for the life of me, I do not understand why the California Republican Party has not put forth an initiative for voter ID and other election integrity measures that are popular. And I think that would would stand a decent decent chance of passing, but they do nothing. I can tell you when I was
3: chairman uh, and when I started to broach the subject and with John Fund and I made it, I think, into some interview, I took holy hell for that. Um, look, my, uh, there's like 31 states with some form of voter ID. That number grows. Some of those are blue states. This is a coming issue. More people believe in that today than they did uh, 10 years ago. Uh, so uh, we're going to have to see. And we're going to need some clear video of voter fraud, which you're seeing in 2000 mules, uh, that will help this process along.
2: Yeah, And people uh, no longer trust the California GOP, to be honest. I mean, when I'm out talking to people, the we, the people, regular everyday citizens, not one person trusts the California GOP. So they haven't represented us. They haven't done a good job. And if they had, they they would be uh, broaching these subjects. Yes. Um,
1: hopefully Tom you can stay with us for, for, for the, after, the, after the break And we'll end when we'll just 7 seconds early To our engineers Total and complete amazement uh, Back after this
4: Hi this is Ed Hoffman Branch Manager of Planet Home Lending LLC And host of the main event Heard weekends right here on AM590 The Answer I'm sure by now you've heard interest rates Have jumped up over the last few months But so have home values So what does that mean to you? If you're carrying a bunch of credit card debt, or you don't have money to pay your tax bill, or just needed extra money to fill up your gas tank, now may be the perfect time to do a cash-out refinance to consolidate those bills or get some extra funds in your bank account while your equity is so high before rates get any worse. If you or your spouse are 62 years or older, higher values make reverse mortgages that didn't work before work now. To see how we can make the numbers work for you, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020, or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Planet Home Lending logo.
5: Ed Hoffman, Retail Branch Manager, NMLS ID 9921, Branch NMLS ID 2275209. Planet Home Lending, LLC, NMLS ID 17022. Planet Home Lending, LLC, is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Financial Protection and Innovation under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. Hi, I'm Ron Osk with Elder Law Center. Are you concerned with an aging family member whose declining health makes them unable to manage their own affairs? Before long, you may be dealing with mental, physical, emotional, health care, and financial challenges, often more than you could have anticipated. For over 25 years, we have been helping people like you, struggling to look after mom and dad. Contact me at elderlawcenter.net or call me at 951-684-5608. That's 951-684-5608. Let me help you help your family.
0: AM 590, the answer.
1: Welcome back to Unite, i.e. Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton. I'm pleased to be joined by my co-host, Dr. Laura Norton, the founder of the San Bernardino County Patriots. And our guest is political commentator, former candidate, former chair of the California Republican Party, a political commentator and now actor. Maybe we'll have a chance to tell us about his latest his latest foray into into acting. Uh, Tom Del Beccaro. And uh, he he wrote a book called The Divided Era, how we got here and and the keys to America's reconciliation. And he posted recently on his. Facebook page, a uh, article from the UK Daily Mail with with some polling data, which I found interesting. Uh, talking about, it says that fifty five percent of Democrats and fifty three percent of Republicans believe America will cease to be a democracy. Forty six percent of Democrats and fifty two percent of Republicans believe there will be a civil war in the U.S. Uh, during their lifetime. And before we dive into that, there. there there's an ad on this page. That I, I, I definitely want to bring to to Laura's attention and maybe maybe Tom's attention. And it goes like this: Looks like I've had a Brazilian butt lift. These leggings are designed to make your booty pop, and they're reduced on Amazon to less than four, to fourteen eighty nine, and that's less than half price. So I'm sure as soon as we're done recording, Laura, maybe even Tom, um, you want to you want to go right over to Amazon and and, and get some.
2: I don't need that. Actually, I I've got I've got I'm I'm all natural. I'm in style now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. But a little little more seriously, (laughs) Um, you know, those are those are those are those are kind of ominous numbers. And I think it's reflective of the divided nature of of the of the country at this point. Um,
3: Look, the basic historical analysis or law of history is, that the higher the stakes, the greater the division and the larger government becomes, by definition, the larger the stakes, because every decision government makes picks a winner and a loser and someone to pay for it. And so a government that does two things will find two sides, but a government, governments that do over 7 trillion worth of things find endless battles. And that's where we are right now. We endlessly battle over government. It's at the center of our lives. There's nothing we can do to get away from it, or certainly so it seems. So it's basically mathematical that in a a government based on voting that we create this competition and that it intensifies with each extra dollar spent by government. So, you know... Do I think that there's going to be a civil war in my lifetime? I I actually do not. But I do think division is going to get worse because people continually increase the size of government with their votes. And that process, by definition, is divisive. And if they want to walk away from division, stop demanding things out of government and that your neighbor pay for it.
1: I think there's a lot to be said for that, uh, but I, th- I think the problem is larger. Uh, Andrew Breitbart said that uh, culture is upstream of politics, and I think we're very we're, the the division on culture is at least as great as the division.
3: Yes, but Greg, we've always had that cultural division. Look, I think page 19 of my book, or maybe it's page 24. Uh, The uh, great Supreme Court Justice John Marshall talked about two great parties in the United States, one of whom wanted uh, strict uh, adherence to contracts and, and didn't believe that you should be indulgent. And the other party that believed we should be kinder and gave greater indulgence to the debtor and otherwise. Those parties exist They existed in Florence in the 1400s. They exist throughout history. The problem is this cultural divide you described is is now played out in government because now we're attaching $7 trillion to that. Do I think America has the same moral standards that it did 250 years ago? No. Were we more self-reliant 250 years ago? Absolutely. (laughs) But... What's in the middle of this is our desire to have government make all these decisions. And that amplifies this cultural divide that you're talking about.
2: But the division has always existed. But now it's to the point on a a personal level. I mean, I remember back, you know, 20, 30 years ago, I could easily, peacefully debate a, a Democrat and we could, we may not agree, but we could at least understand each other, and uh, we could talk to each other. Now it's just become so heated, and it, it's not even based on logic. It's basically at this point, divide and conquer, get people to hate each other, and uh, you know, Anonymous you start...
3: twice the size as, as when you had those discussions twenty years ago. Twice the size, twice well, that's the a problem.
2: Yeah. I mean, obviously, we believe in smaller government. I mean, there's um, no
3: example in history of a of a large country's government voluntarily deciding to get smaller and more responsive. No, they wind up broke. They wind up with incredibly complex tax systems. They wind up with this sort of class warfare that is pushed by the left and it was pushed During ancient Greek democracy, it was pushed at the end of the Roman Republic. These are the things that are happening. And I talk about this in the book. These are the things that are happening in America today. It's as old as time. And anybody who votes for anyone who says, I think we should have new government programs is just buying fuel and throwing it on the fire.
2: But I think we could do more than that if we take back at the community level, because our Constitution is meant to have more power to the states. And then as you go down, more power locally, which is why groups like mine are sprouting up. And if we take back our communities and we we kick the federal government out and say, no, we're not we're not going to follow this. We don't want this here. Then we take the power back because We're we're not going to fix things from the top down. So we got to go from the bottom up. It's it's our only hope. But with so much apathy and people not getting involved, I mean, seriously, if they think there's going to be a civil war, why are they sitting back? Why aren't they doing anything?
1: Probably because they don't they don't think they can do anything.
2: Well, well, that's a psyop. That's psychological warfare that you're, you're defeated. Your enemy makes you believe you're defeated, that you have no chance. It's it's a great psyop. Works beautifully.
3: And that I process don't... you described is called nullification. And, of course, uh, Jefferson and Madison separately uh, wrote about nullification. The states used to do that. And, that, and, and the, the greatest example was that a circuit court ruled against Georgia. In, uh, this is way back in the 1800s. And uh, Georgia passed a law. The circuit court was, I believe, in North Carolina. The uh, Georgia passed the law, says anyone coming to enforce that judgment will be – will be killed. And no one came. Mm -hmm. Now our states uh, uh, Ah, practice practice nullification through filing lawsuits, which, you know, you can debate their uh, their effectiveness. But states now band together 20 and 30 at a time, red or blue, depending on the issue, and sue an administration and say, we don't think that's unconstitutional. We're not going to follow it. And that meets with mixed results.
2: Well, that's why we have to be more coordinated and banded together. People can't be sitting back and giving up or then then we've already lost.
1: I'm, I'm the more skeptical of the three that the union can be saved. I, th- I, th- I think the union on very fundamental levels is irretrievably broken. And you could go you, if we we're doing if this is playing out in a local election, the, uh, the divisions are going to be just as great. And you're not you're not going to have I think you'll I think you'll have limited success with having a constructive debate with a Democrat over local issues. You know, should the uh, should we teach CRT in the local schools? Should we teach triple X sex education in the local schools? Should we should we mask the kids in the local schools? I think the divisions are going to be just as great. As they are, if that if that, if that issue is decided okay, at the state well, level what do you mean by what,
3: what do you mean by the republic will cease to exist? Let's, we have two oceans, uh, and two relatively friendly, docile neighbors. Uh, it took Rome four hundred years to decline. What, what do you have in mind as to what actually physically happens? Look. Power naturally centralizes, and that's what's happening in America. I believe that's going to continue to go on. Government's going to fail wildly as it is right now with inflation turning, and then there'll be recession. I think there's going to be a huge pushback in these fall elections, but we still are going to spend 7 or $8 trillion, and that that will march on even with this pendulum swing of 2022. But what do you think? How does it end? What happens? Do states secede? Does Texas finally say enough's enough? We have a a, a, this is a compact, what we agreed to, not a not a permanent union. Uh, By the way, that was the argument in the Civil War. Is that what you think that is going to happen?
1: How exactly things fall, how exactly things fall apart is, is 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 less clear. You have the wide open borders and the influx of essentially unlimited immigration. You have people are kind of relocating themselves into different areas. How many how many of us know fellow Republicans, fellow conservatives that are have left or are planning to leave? We just had a. Zoom conference earlier this week on school choice, which our initiative didn't do very well. We didn't gather the signatures on on a volunteer basis
2: because we weren't organized. That's why.
1: Well, but the the point I'm trying to drive at is one of the participants who was a county chair during the during the initiative campaign to gather the signatures. We uh, called into the conference from Oklahoma, where she's now buying a house. So look, our
3: founders wanted us to be able to segregate ourselves and vote with our feet. And and we did. And but the red state, blue state divide is is pretty intense right now. And it's going to get worse. Even the red uh, county, blue, blue county. I think it's
2: becoming more purple because you have a lot of Republicans becoming independents. They're leaving the party because they can't. They don't trust the GOP, especially in California. You got a lot of Democrats that are leaving the Democrat Party because they're too extreme. So maybe you get a, a, a more of a congealing or meeting in the middle than what you're thinking. Maybe the divide has become so extreme that there's going to be more people that meet in the middle and actually agree on something, especially if it's if it's run by we, the people and not we, the establishment.
3: But the problem with that is between November of this year and two years after that, the parties are going to spend close to effectively close to $20 billion on the next election. That's why we
2: need precinct organizations, community organizations. So that that's the whole reason from the precinct strategy. We're doing what I'm doing is to give power back to the people. And we, you don't need a whole lot of money if if you have the foot soldiers on the ground. Yeah, I,
3: and- I do, look, I don't want to sound for a moment that you were incorrect in any regard, both of you. I, Greg, Greg's known for years. I loved his opening line to this show. Um, and what you're doing is the Lord's work and must be done. We must populate local offices with people with common sense if mm-hmm. we're going to save this republic. Um, but... You know, look, what's going to happen in the future of the United States is it's going to run out of money. Programs are going to run out. You're going to live with inflation. There's going to be this huge recession um, a standard. Of, look, the uh, economic growth has gone from an average of above four, uh four to five percent in the 50s to below two percent today on average over long term. Uh, We're headed to what the EU looks like, which has had zero growth in the 25 years it's been in existence because government is essentially with regulation, 70 percent of the economy. It's over 50 percent of the economy here in the United States and people continue to continue to push it up. How how do you unvote that? You know, Sweden has unvoted. They went from 70 to 50 percent, not exactly a large country, but they demonstrate that at some level it can be done. But things have to be changed and public employee unions are at, the, are at the center of that. You can't get to a place where a government has permanent employees because that's what a government pension is, meaning a permanent employee. It, it, welfare governments are, I'm using my hands here, are start as pyramids with a large base and they invert over time. And that doesn't work. And it leads to the bankrupting of governments and this infl- inflation you're seeing. I wrote a piece about the Weimar Republic in between World War One and Two for Germany, where Germany, uh, the, the republic was paying the economy was so bad, and the government was paying people not to work essentially, and they were printing money. Does that sound familiar to people? Oh
2: yeah, it's happening now. <laughs>
3: and that way it led to hyperinflation. Does that sound? Nope.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Let's let's take a pause here As as the host, I'm going to get the last word on this subject One is, the future is always hard to predict And two, as Abraham Lincoln said Quoting the Bible A house divided against itself Cannot stand Uh, We're pleased for this half of it To be sponsored by the Beaumont-Banning Cherry Valley Tea Party As some attorney named Greg Britton And Ron Osk of the Elder Law Center We'll hear from Ron back after this
5: Hi, I'm Ron Osk with Elder Law Center. Are you concerned with an aging family member whose declining health makes them unable to manage their own affairs? Before long, you may be dealing with mental, physical, emotional, health care, and financial challenges, often more than you could have anticipated. For over 25 years, we have been helping people like you, struggling to look after mom and dad. Contact me at elderlawcenter.net or call me at 951-684-5608. That's 951-684-5608. Let me help you help your family.
0: AM 590, the answer.
1: Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton, and I'm pleased to be joined by my co-host, Laura, Dr. Laura Norton, the uh, founder of the San Bernardino County Patriots. And your website is? sbcountypatriots.com And our guest is Tom Del Bacarl, author, political commentator, now would-be actor, and uh, author of the book, The Divided Era. So, you know, Maybe you know when he's accepting his uh, his Academy Award in the future, we can say we knew him when.
3: <laughs> um, technically, it would be, but the the best acting thing outside of my home is probably unlikely.
1: Switching <laughs> gears totally, and that is—I mean—the the, the war between Russia and Ukraine has gotten a lot of news, and the, the, the media tried to focus on that, and get us all ginned up on that, and who controls Eastern Ukraine was if as if was was this vitally important issue. You saw Mitch McConnell come out and say, uh, we all, you know, standing behind with other Republican senators with them saying, uh, we all agree that the most important thing going on in the world right now is the war in Ukraine. Uh, never mind the wide open border, 107,000, uh, drug overdose deaths in America in 2021, inflation, $6, $7 a gallon gas, food looming food shortage. Never mind all those things. And never mind the topic we're going to spend the rest of our show talking about. And that is Iran. Iran has been dropped for for decades. Iran has been seeking to acquire nuclear weapons. And I have I have serious doubt whether deterrence, which kept the peace between U.S. and the Soviet Union for decades, and even even with countries like North Korea and China that have nuclear weapons, uh, between India and Pakistan, which both have nuclear weapons but have not used them on each other, even though they've fought multiple wars, is that whether deterrence is even going to work with the religious leaders of Iran. Will they think that we're going to be martyrs for the, for Islam? And even if we die, uh, we're off to we're off to Muslim heaven for our seventy two virgins. Um, Israel is not going. In my view, is not going to accept this. And just from their public pronouncements, they are not they will not allow Iran to acquire nuclear weapons. Uh, they have been training for this. They've developed uh, new modifications for their F-35 stealth fighter planes. Um, they just yeah, so I I think they're going to act. Iran has turned off the monitoring cameras on its nuclear sites, the ones they even could have them on under the under Obama's agreement. And it's only you know potentially even weeks or months before they could ha- Iran could have nuclear weapons. So I'll turn it over to you guys. Are we going to is there going to be a new uh, new war in the Middle East between Iran and Israel in the near future? Tom,
3: well, it depends on your definition of war. Um, right at the outset of the Biden administration, I wrote a piece for the Epic Times: Four Years of Living Dangerously Under Joe Biden." Part of that is his physical and mental weakness, but also the uh, stocking of the State Department and DOD with ideologues instead of clear eyed thinkers and the reemergence of uh, uh, the terrible (laughs) former U.S. presidential candidates uh, for the Democrats in the administration. And so where does that leave us? They are not going to push on Iran. And I agree with you. Do I? So, is your do I think Iran in the next uh, this year that that there could be some sort of uh, preemptive strike coming out of Israel? The answer is uh, that's always a possibility and grows with time for the reasons you you stated.
1: Laura, you have any thoughts?
2: Well, what's really passing through my mind is. A lot of these radical regimes we have in these uh, foreign countries were actually actually bolstered up, trained and established by our own government. How can we never talk about that? And so I always wonder what the real goal is and intention, because uh, not the American people, but our government has definitely been responsible for uh, putting in dictators and you know, radical regimes like the Taliban. And then later we come back only to fight these same people. None of it makes any kind of sense to me. So really what's going on? I I have no idea.
1: Okay. Okay. The the current Israeli uh, Prime Minister Bennett, he said uh, fairly recently, the the price or cost of uh, dealing with Iran's nuclear program is greater today than it was a year ago, and it will be greater a year from now than it is now. I think there. I believe uh, Israel is likely to act sooner rather than later, just for that very reason, because the price of it, the price of acting, the cost of acting increases. And if, they, it should, if, if Iran suddenly they test a nuclear weapon, then the price is kind of off, kind of off the charts for, for Israel to act. And my concern would be that the test is going to be either on Israel or on the United States of America as an EMP attack. And uh, you guys may know what an EMP is in an an EMP attack. The nuclear weapon is detonated high in space, two or three hundred miles up.
2: Do they have that technical? I mean, you can have nuclear weapons, but do you have that technical capability?
1: Iran has already built and tested the missile necessary to carry the nuclear weapon up to that to that altitude. The military doctrine calls for that for such kinds of attacks.
2: Where did they get the money and the expertise for that? That's what I want to know.
1: Well, Russia. One or two nuclear weapons would be enough to destroy the entire electrical grid and system in the United States of America. The commission that studied EMP attack in the early 2000s concluded that within a year of an EMP attack on the United States, 70 to 90, 75 to 90 percent of Americans would be dead not from nuclear blast or radiation. No one would die from that, but they would die from disease, starvation and breakdown of order. You, 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 there'd be no, there be no sanitation, no sewage, no clean water, no deliveries of food. Imagine
2: well, there are like ways to prevent an EMP outage. There are certain, I mean, I'm not definitely a physics major, but I know there are certain things that you can put in place that would prevent that. And I, I highly doubt that's being done because it's probably really expensive. But you're saying you're saying one one warhead. How much of a region could it do like the the whole United States,
1: the entire country, one or two of them is all it would take. And the way they would probably do it is they would carry their we're almost out of time. So they would carry the ship. They would launch from a, a freighter in the Gulf of Mexico. The, the freighter would, would scuttle itself, and you wouldn't even necessarily know who did it. But we are out of time. This is a grave problem. Watch this. Um, I think the chances of war in the, in, the, in the next 30 to 60 days are, are pretty good. Hopefully, I'm wrong. I
2: hope thank you're you, wrong. You. Glass thank half you, empty. Mark.
1: Thank you, Laura, for being on the show. Thank you, Tom, for being on the show. And uh, tune in next week for another exciting edition of Unite, i.e. Radio. Assuming we're still on the air and we haven't had the war yet. Oh,
2: gosh, Craig.
5: (laughs) Hi, I'm Ron Osk with Elder Law Center. Are you concerned with an aging family member whose declining health makes them unable to manage their own affairs? Before long, you may be dealing with mental, physical, emotional, health care, and financial challenges, often more than you could have anticipated. For over 25 years, we have been helping people like you, struggling to look after mom and dad. Contact me at elderlawcenter.net or call me at 951-684-5608. That's 951-684-5608. Let me help you help your family.
4: Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, branch manager of Plant Home Lending LLC and host of the main event. Heard weekends right here on AM 590 to answer I'm sure by now you've heard interest rates have jumped up over the last few months, but so have home values. So what does that mean to you? If you're carrying a bunch of credit card debt, or you don't have money to pay your tax bill, or just needed extra money to fill up your gas tank, now may be the perfect time to do a cash-out refinance to consolidate those bills or get some extra funds in your bank account while your equity is so high before rates get any worse. If you or your spouse are 62 years or older, higher values make reverse mortgages that didn't work before work now. To see how we can make the numbers work for you, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020, or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Planet Home Lending logo. Ed Hoffman, Retail Branch Manager, NMLS
5: ID 9921, Branch NMLS ID 2275209. Planet Home Lending, LLC, NMLS ID 17022. Planet Home Lending, LLC, is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Financial Protection and Innovation under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act.
0: AM 590, the answer